I stand corrected. My apologies to the panel. It's all good, man. Gurney, please go ahead. Yeah, I was just I was just going to agree with um, with Christian here. Um, first off, there's you know I I don't view that there's a a threat there. Um, they've clearly um, with with earlier on they've closed the border on the Ukrainian side, um, and clearly with this you know with the statements today uh, that are signaling support for Moldova as as EU candidate status. That's you know everything that Christian and Daniel have said. That's to, that's to squeeze Transnistria. That not not just to allow Moldova uh, to grow, but that's also to to squeeze and isolate Transnistria even further. Uh, so 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 leaving them as a non-issue, um, I don't think anyone's going to take uh, anyone's going to leave the the moral high ground of of being invaded um, and restoring their territorial rights and their sovereignty. Uh, and then immediately eclipse that by going to uh, notionally liberate any, anybody else. Um, I, I just, just judging from the recent experiences that that are occurring on Ukrainian soil right now, um, there's there's no reason for that, um, and there probably certainly won't be any appetite for that or or need. Uh, but that's just my two cents. Thank you, Gurney. And the sense that I got from Ukrainian government statements was that they were they did not have any no. No comment was released, you know, um, as to, you know, potential plans in regard to, you know, if the Russian forces there do nothing. Although the Ukraine, uh, I believe is either Aristovich or some other um, Ukrainian government official was very explicit that in the event that Russian, the group of Russian forces in Transnistria did attempt to cross the border into Ukraine, they would not hesitate to wipe them out. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I, I think they, um, I think the one thing we can take from this uh, going forward is that, um, you know, clearly um, sovereignty and territorial rights are, are something uh, that the Ukrainians are trying to expressly promote in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of their sovereignty and their territorial borders. Um, I, I doubt that they're going to go and do anything as wild as that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I know your question was a thought exercise. I, I just, uh, but, but at the end of the day, they're, uh, you know, the, 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 those, those troops that are in Transnistria, ultimately, uh, that legacy byproduct, that's going to be a non-issue if they're further isolated from, from their Mold- Moldavian brethren, uh, and they're dependent upon both Moldavians and, and Romanians, and uh, if the Ukrainian border is closed. So, so they're going to very quickly uh, become even more irrelevant than, than they are already. Thank you very much, Gurney. Uh, ben? Uh, yeah, I think it's a... Very interesting thought of experiment, actually. Oh, sorry. Good day, everyone. Uh, I thought, John, had a, it's still an interesting thought experiment because in the side of what would be the impact on Russia to move Transnistria, because this is, this is um, something, a place that is ostensibly considered as quasi-Russian territory, and uh, this would be a tremendous... Um, uh, Propaganda loss for them, as far as I know. And I've been checking a few Russian papers, and they are going mental over Crimea. There's, they're clearly they're worried about this. So the the thought of losing uh, uh, the, these territories uh, out of their control would be would really send shockwaves. So for my two cents, I would go for it. Okay, I, I, of course I, I don't have I don't have any power over this, but I thought. There's still not a bad, um, not a bad uh, uh, rock to throw at that specific uh, uh, glass house. 
and and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd be interested to hear Christian's thoughts because uh, I I believe the the way the, the posturing is going, it, it seems like uh, the the better solution is to um, not make this a Moldavian problem, uh, but that's essentially um, what 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 we've seen the support we we've seen troops uh, bolstered on the Romanian side. We've we've seen uh, I believe I thought there was a OSCE force that was in Moldova. I, I could be mistaken here. Um, but essentially, you know, conferring the possibility for EU candidate status that 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 in my mind uh, seems to set the tone for the next five to seven years uh, that Moldova is either going to seek to um, uh, to rejoin its territory or if that's not not possible uh, to completely, uh, you know, to completely cut them off so that they, uh, you know, it, it might be wild to have, have different borders within there. But uh, but either way. Uh, that clearly pushes Moldova to have interests with with benefiting from joining the EU uh, and their neighbor to the south, Romania. So uh, I, 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 I see this as um, them uh, giving the carrot to Moldova to uh, to solve this uh, because it's not a Ukrainian problem uh, unless people step across the border uh, into Ukraine. But they they can, uh, you know, handedly solve that. Uh Thank you, Gurney. Uh, Christian? Yeah, so uh, the larger problem is is the way the, that you uh, look at it, uh, or maybe the way that you look at these territories, um, what the Soviet Union has done in general with their uh, ex, uh, or at that time their current republics, that they moved the heavy industry uh, onto the borders with the Russian um, Soviet Republic, so as if it was a, actually it was a doctrine or a geopolitical or a strategy to have this in case of independencies, uh, they could uh, trigger these uh, Russian nationals, as they call it, uh, to actually, uh, well, which they have done. We can see Abkhazia, we can see Ossetia, we can see Transnistria, we can see Donbass, we can see the problem in Lithuania with the eastern province. Uh, The um, Russian minorities are uh, mostly um, located over there. So if you look at Transnistria and all these territories as Russian territory, well, yeah, it would be a problem. But it's not the case, in my opinion. It's not like an exclave like uh, Kaliningrad. Uh, these are, even in their eyes, even in the Russian eyes, these are uh, uh, just, I don't, they don't consider them a Russian territories. Uh, so it was more of a political statement, more of an imperialist, imperialistic statement uh, after 89 and 91. Um, um, regarding uh, what Gurney said, I completely agree. Uh, I think uh, the Ukrainians want to uphold international law, and that's the point they're making. So if they would just venture over the border, that would completely delegitimize uh, their own actions. So I, I'll stick to my opinion that I think this problem, Transnistrian problem, will, will self-resolve uh, um, uh, and Moldova will will do this. I've um, heard a really um, interesting idea a couple of weeks ago 
about Transnistrians uh, that they, they themselves were saying that uh, my heart is in Russia, but my brain is in Europe. So I'm guessing if we can take this idea as a good one <laughs> or a general one, which is not advisable, that uh, once Russia is defeated, I don't think there's going to be a Transnistrian problem anymore. Uh, thank you, Christian. Uh, one thing that was pointed out to me by Daniel in uh, DMs was that um, what he said was that, you know, if need be, you know, given that Romania and Moldova you know, speak a shared language um, and the Romanian army is currently, you know, in close proximity to the border with Moldova, it's fairly straight, it would be fairly straightforward, uh, according to him, to, you know, just put a Romanian brigade in Moldovian uniforms and just send them across the border to wipe the floor with the Russians if there was a genuine need to. Uh, I would like to state that while that may be an idea, it's really, really dangerous. It's really dangerous to talk about it right now. Of course, there are a lot of possibilities, but we better <laughs> not say <laughs> any sort of ideas like that because it would just fan the, um, the Russians into doing uh, horrible stuff. So let's not talk about it. Let's talk about it after the word is done. Fair enough. Uh, washer to you. Uh, Washer, can you hear us? The floor is yours. Well, in that case, uh, since Washer does not appear to be responding and there's no other hands up, uh, is there any other questions, comments uh, from the panel or from uh, listeners in the audience who'd like to come up and speak? It looks like we got one person potentially coming up. Hold on. Um, Meanwhile, can I ask a question to Christian? Far away. All right. Um, Christian, I know you've been... uh, in and around politics, for, uh, there's been a picture that has circulated a lot yesterday of uh, an embrace between Macron and, and Zelensky. And clearly one of them is more intrigued than the other. Do you have a take on what's going through the head of Zelensky at the moment when Macron is uh, telling him some sweet snuffing into, the, into his ears and uh, Zelensky's eyes are looking like please, please uh, take me out of here, bring me a giant table to put between myself and this man, um, or, or to please share your insight on this, because I'd love to know. Well, one of the possibilities would be that Macron is uh, whispering into his ears, sweet, sweet love, I don't know, <laughs> just a joke. Um, to be honest, I, I saw the picture, uh, he looks embarrassed, he looks uh, not in, in the right place uh, right there, but I I don't have any opinion about it, I'm sorry. Okay, okay, so it's so bad you have to keep it hush-hush. Uh, I understand, I'm not, I'm not going to push you there, I'm not going to push you at all. No, it's, it's not about uh, being bad or not, I just have no clue, I have no idea what uh, Macron has said to Zelensky for that picture to come out, so... Yeah. Um, oh, shoot. Constantine's gone. I had an artillery question, but never mind. Never mind. Um, did you, did any of you have, uh, have had a look at the Russian press recently? And I, I did uh, this morning. And it's amazing the number of pieces that uh, cover um, a certain bridge between. Uh, to two, two sides of the of the Black Sea, really amazing. They've been talking about it a lot, a lot. Um, this 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 could get interesting very very fast. Now, uh, more more seriously, um, still on the speculative 
uh, side of life. But um, my President Zelensky yesterday mentioned that he was going to have excellent news uh, for everyone um, today and and tomorrow. Um, do do you have do you know what this could be? Uh, ben, I I think I know what it is. I I really I really do think I know what it is. Uh, he was waiting to announce uh, after they had met in in Moscow. Uh, I think he's waiting to announce that. Uh, uh, the Russians have now uh, recruited the Taliban uh, to come to Moscow, and uh, but to support Ukraine while while doing so. So uh, I, I don't know if you saw that. I don't know if you caught the news there, but uh, yeah, there was a there was a uh, some representatives in Moscow from the Taliban, uh, and somehow they still managed to let slip a comment about supporting territorial sovereignty. So uh, yeah, that's a whole ironic. <laughs> ironic on top of ironic today, but uh, I'm just joking. I, I don't think that's what Zelensky wanted to release, but uh, I thought that was a noteworthy statement. Yeah, because when I woke up, I was positively giddy. I was like, okay, that is bringing a surprise. What is it going to be? Is it my, isn't it my birthday today? Um, so, okay, uh, I'll try to bite my tongue and be patient. Uh, yeah, but I did see what was going on with them. Um, with the Taliban, uh, I thought that was that was quite amusing, although um, a, a bit bittersweet because apparently the Taliban themselves have have not been respecting uh, uh, state borders all that well recently. And uh, I think there's quite a few talks about Uzbekistan um, finding itself in uh, embroiled in, in a border, serious serious border disputes recently. I haven't followed that. Uh, closely, but uh, if any one of you knows that, uh, knows about that, that that's always an interesting um, sort of second order uh, interest to to the to the current topic. Christian, you know everything about everything. What about Uzbekistan? Oh, I'm really, I'm really sorry that I gave you that idea. I really don't know <laughs> everything about everything. Uh, I have no clue about uh, the border crisis in uh, Uzbekistan between uh, Uzbekistan and Afghanistan. But uh, in my opinion, of course, the Taliban want to respect uh, the war in uh, in uh, in uh, uh, Ukraine because they themselves, in their opinion, have been invaded uh, as Afghanistan was invaded. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the point is. Um, I don't know how they respect the, that uh, uh, strategy. So I, I couldn't say I'm sorry. No, don't worry, don't worry. The, um, that's, the pro- that's the problem with uh, having people like you is that your, your level of clearance is too high. You can't you, you can basically share anything with us. But never mind, we'll do without it. More seriously, um, it, it must be. It must be a massive, massive change for from the point of view of Afghanistan as as of this, the whole of Central Asia to go from such uh, to, to to go from having Russia considered as such a massive pol- uh, political and uh, military power at your border to realizing suddenly that they are gone. Um, I mean, I'm not in the head of any Taliban or any Russian strategies for that matter, but I'm pretty certain that uh, threats were at least possible from the point of view of Russia. Like, uh, if the Taliban don't play ball, we're going we're gonna to invade them or something. 
and now it's they've completely lost their they've completely lost their bite um it that th this one fact could be one of the most uh both hopeful and destabilizing facts of the of the coming uh i don't know what is it 10 years 15 years um well ben what? they they ben they need some new friends uh, they're they're leaving their Syrian friends behind, so they need to pick up some some new destabilizing friends. Yeah, but in this case, it's no, no. That, that's not exactly what I meant. I'm sorry. The um, what I meant was that the the Russians were used to be destabilizing by projecting power, and now they're destabilizing by projecting weakness. Um, they like what's going to happen to to Kazakhstan or to or to Uzbekistan or, or any country in the region uh, or indeed Syria, one, the, the next time there's a big push against them and they cannot turn to the Russian daddy. Um, there's, I think, I think that's, that's both um, on, on the one hand fascinating to witness and on the other hand uh, it's, it's a big ball of optimism and, and, and dread that I'm feeling and and oh, clearly, I'm, I'm feeling the need to share it with you, which is maybe not a good thing. But there you go. Well, well, well I, I, I don't want to stray too far here from the, from the topic at hand in Ukraine, but I, I, I would just surmise uh, just that it's a play. It's a play to get into the good graces of the Taliban. Uh, but, but I say this, this, this Trojan horse comes. Uh, a united Kazakhstan or, or Uzbekistan or Tajikistan against uh per, per se russian influence would not be good for the russians so i would just say uh they're making a play for a potentially destabilizing actor to aggravate tensions you know the, the tajiks on the on the border with afghanistan the uzbeks um you know they they're not going to be united in the resolve against the russians if they're uh, embroiled uh in intra and inter-party conflicts or uh, if the Taliban, who who have, you know, shady friends upon shady friends, um, if you let Russian assets in there to uh, to cause mischief, so to speak, uh, but mischief that that destabilizes or again embroils it or weakens the the Uzbeks or the Kazakhs or the the Tajikistans, uh, right? Uh, but but doing so. Uh, again, this is speculation, just playbook speculation, but that that's being done uh, to prevent those uh, from from uh, pushing back too far against the Russian sphere of influence. Those those established nations of, of Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, uh, Kazakhstan. That that's just my two cents in it. Uh, but you know what what for what it's worth. Uh, Russia apparently also made a powerful new ally the other week in the form of Nicaragua. I'm not sure if anybody saw that, but. Uh... Nicaragua invited uh, Russian troops to enter the country, so clearly some powerful allies. Well, look, and, and to be fair, the the, the the same thing. I mean, the they're, they're they've been making friends with cartels around the world. It, it's it's two way street. It's it's money laundering and, and economics in two directions, but it's also destabilizing forces. Uh, you know, so so the Sicarios and, and places in Mexico. Uh, it's 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 make no difference. It's it's a similar playbook. If you do that destabilization uh in the quote unquote US sphere of influence, uh, that's just one one more potential, you know, long term problem that, that somebody else has to deal with. So so again, uh it makes sense to to make those plays. Uh, you know, whether they're making the play in Colombia 
Venezuela, uh, Nicaragua, or, or Mexico. It's 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 you know very similar tactic. Um, Christian, I think you can. Oh, please go ahead, Christian. Uh, just quick, in my opinion, uh, maybe it's more a bit of a safeguard against uh, the Taliban's because we keep forgetting the religious um, dimension of this whole thing. And if we take into account that most of uh, the Siberian and Central Asian territories that Russia has, plus the Great Mosque, if I remember correctly, it's in Kazan, uh, we, we keep forgetting that uh, Russia is not uh, uniformly spread, like it's not all the way Orthodox, it's not all the way Russians. And I'm guessing since the goal of the Islamic Caliphate that is in uh, Afghanistan, which the goal of the Caliphate is to unite uh, the whole uh, Muslims in the whole world in one into one um, caliphate i think maybe it's more of a safeguard uh, than uh, alliance to be honest plus if the if the afghanis keep uh, causing problems in turkmenistan uzbekistan kazakhstan and so on we let's not forget the investments and the gas and the oil that all these uh, former soviet republics have which are, in some cases, directly supplying Russia. So this might might be uh, an idea, a point to make on this. Well, and and Christian too, it it could be. Uh, again, I know I know we're straying further afield here. The, the more we, the more I, I respond to this. Uh, but but you know the there there's there's parallels to uh to a Chechnya right um and what you saw in the early uh the the first Chechen war in terms of uh. When you were talking about uh, caliphate state, right? I mean, so now you have a, a Chechnya that is pledged fealty. I mean, uh, at least on the governmental level, the, the party, that, the power that's in control, the, the Kadarovsky, um, you know, they pledged fealty um, to uh, to to Russia. Uh, but that's you know, sort of suppressing uh, what 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 occurred um, in terms of the uprising in the first Chechen war. So anyway, so, uh, yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're making friends with, uh, they're, 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 they're astroturfing, you know, they're, they're covering all, they're covering lots of bases, uh, with one, uh, you know, they can, they can do a lot of destabilizing things with that, but, uh, you know, uh, they're, if the Taliban don't have many friends on the world stage, uh, then great. If you only have a few, well, those few can exert undue influence. And so they can, uh, run, run in your playground. They can support you. They can work against you. Uh, they can do multiple things at once, but uh, but again, I don't want to stray too far. We're we're getting a little. I, I'm getting speculative, but um, and I know we're talking about Russia, um, but I don't want anyone to get the focus that we're 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 looking at the the, the world's problems because there's there's a lot of stuff out there. But um, so I, I'm going to end my comments on it. Uh, thank you very much, Gurney. Uh, much appreciated. Um, as you were saying, I think we've we've gotten a little bit far of, uh, far afield here. I've gotten a few DMs from some listeners to shift the things back to Ukraine. So on that note, uh, Portland has joined us. Uh, Portland, is there anything you'd like? To, any questions? Any comments? Anything you'd like to add? Um, I presume it's a late hour of the night for you. Oh, it's just uh, getting up to eleven. I can stick around for about thirty-five minutes. I thought I'd poke in and see what was going on. I've I've got a question for Portland. I've been waiting to Portland. How? In your estimation, how long do you think uh, it would take a competent 
competent company to, in the electronics included, to produce uh, a French Caesar? What, what do you think the timeline is for it? Just from the, from what I'm being told, it's one of the the most simple uh, to manufacture self-propelled. That doesn't mean it's simple. I just mean it's it's more simpler than than the others. Uh, what's your thoughts on on time frame for production? Because they they mentioned that today that they want to expedite. Uh, wartime production of the French Caesars? Oof, that is a question. Um, unfortunately, there are details of the construction of the Caesar platform that I'm not privy to. Um, so I don't really know. Uh, I don't know, give me five, six minutes, I can probably work it out. No, no, that's okay. I just was was just trying to, you know, I, I'm trying to answer the question in my head in terms of I, I, I we heard a statement from Macron today that, that not only was he giving more Caesars, uh, but there have been statements in the last week. Um, other countries have, have signaled that they want to purchase Caesars um, or, or different variants of self-propelled guns. Um, and then I saw a couple articles talking about um, uh, talking about the production, or if you haven't uh, put your purchase order in for a Caesar, that 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 you should, because uh, it seems like it's one of the more um, lower costing uh, self-propelled guns. So I didn't, you know, knowing that there's going to be a lot of orders for that, and knowing that there's some support pledge for Ukraine, I just wanted to get a, an understanding on the the scale and scope of of how how quick they could be produced. Uh, you know when when uh, some of these larger quantities could be uh, put in produ- into production. But I think Ben's jumping over there. Sorry, Ben. Well, let's, let's think about this for a second. They've already got the tooling. They've got the trained workforce. They've got the production line. They've had enough time to work out the kinks in pre-production. Um, and they have a full order book. So... Honestly, not very long. Um, yeah, you've, you've got me interested now. I'm going to go figure it out. Yeah, uh, I, I have a feeling you're about off. Ben, I think we're about to say the same thing. You go ahead because you probably know much better than I do. Okay, uh, I'm not nearly as hopeful as you are, guys. Uh, the Caesar, it's famously taking forever to build because they're so far. They've been uh, ordered in such small quantities um, that there is there's, there's no industrial production line to to speak about. They're 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 the way they're they're built in terms of uh, organization is closer to a to a Hermes handbag than it is to to anything like to an F thirty five. They're they're made in a very small city uh, in southwestern France. Uh, and the, they're, they're, they're made one by one. They're, it's 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 really 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 slow. Uh, if you want, I can ask some some of the guys on Twitter who know this very very well um, what they think about it. But just to give you an idea, the French uh, army had ordered. I don't truly recall how many, but something like one hundred and fifty. But this took so long that they decreased their order to one hundred. And even 100, uh, they have not be- managed to deliver in the seven years of the of the of productions. Um, so it took them seven years to reach 100 and uh, 
uh, sorry, it, reached, it, it took them seven years to reach ATCs, uh, countries that have ordered them several years ago are still waiting for them. Um, it's, it's really, really slow. So uh, Macron has recently said that he wanted the French system to change and he wanted things to go faster. But we're to, like, no, I don't want to be pessimistic, but we're looking at building a factory, not building, not building a gun. So it, it is going to take a lot longer and a lot longer to, to go faster. The best uh, our Ukrainian and Lithuanian friends can hope for is to convince the French army to part with uh, one of its most favorite toys. So good luck with that. Uh, ben, thank you for that, because I'm forgetting here. I'm forgetting the cultural nuances of of um, of, the, of France uh, with production. So, I, you know, you're, you're jogging my memory here in terms of, you know, perhaps this is a uh, like, a, you know, not even at scale of like a new Airbus factory in France. But, uh, you know, we might be looking at five five year overruns with another five year overrun with another five, you know, 15 years uh, before that. So so with that being said, maybe Portland, I'll put it out there. Wh- what do you think uh, industry could do to take an M777? Uh, if the platform knows where it is in space and time uh, and figure out a way to modify that for, for a truck lorry uh, with the added pneumatics in the back uh, to, to set the back down and rest it, but, but clearly uh, a Caesar, uh, but not going out of the way to recreate the wheel, but using parts and production that you have uh, and marrying those two up like we hear that they're doing with some of the, um, the harpoon launchers in terms of truck. Now, I know it wouldn't be as, as simplified as that. Uh, so... So it wouldn't be something as sophisticated as an Archer self-propelled gun, but something like uh, an automated M777 that sits on the back of a lorry uh, and it puts down a self-support. But ultimately, the gun still knows where it is. It needs some hydraulics to communicate and, and center itself on the platform. Uh, but other than that, you know, what are your thoughts on that? A uh, quick thing uh, regarding Ben's point. Um, I believe that I read an article that said the current production lead time for Caesars is about four years. For reference, the polls can throw together an AHS uh, crab in 18 months. Honestly, the research and development just isn't worth it. Uh, the, the honest truth is that if the French can't put together uh, Caesar on an acceptable time frame, um, I, you know what? I, I have words for the French right now that, like, everybody here knows that I'm a bit of a potty mouth. But, like, even for me, that's a little bit too blue. Okay. Well, I, I, I you know, I, it was an intriguing question to me, and then now I'm immediately shutting myself up. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, it is legitimately a good question. Um it's the 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 research and development on this sort of thing is um it's incredibly challenging because you absolutely cannot take any chances about your system shaking itself to pieces having mounting failures um blowing a weld somewhere quality control is critically important now the nice thing about the poles and the crab is that this is a well-proven system. It's available on relatively short turnaround. Um, the poles have demonstrated a willingness to part with them. Um, it's a bit heavy, uh, but it's a real big gun that can shoot real far. So 
you know, I'm looking at this and seeing a replay of Orcus over uh, uh, all over again. The French tried to sell a product. Uh, The buyer realized that the product was not available on a time frame and under conditions that were tolerable to them. Um, And if they have a half an ounce of sense, they'll go and buy somebody else's product. And then the French will be butthurt about why nobody wants to buy their world-beating product that is basically the same as another product that's already available but is, you know, 20% more expensive and inferior in every way. Uh, Quickly, to your point, Gurney, and to Portland's, there are two such systems um, currently in development in the U.S., Hawkeye and Brutus. Hawkeye is a 105, literally mounted on a Humvee. And uh, Brutus is, a, I believe it's just an M777 or some other 155 mounted on the back of a truck. Um, I don't think they're, I'm not sure how close they are to serial production. They haven't even been accepted for a U.S. military service yet. Um, that's still very early on in trials, but they do exist. Yeah. Now, I, I uh, Portland, I'm, I'm not regretting my question uh, because of that. I'm, I'm regretting my question because now I'm, I'm having flashbacks and, and memories of, of it's a legitimate question. Uh, I just don't like the answer to it. I'm I'm thinking back here, even in my own experience, I remember, I can't remember how many years I'm thinking it was, maybe almost 10 or 15 years hearing about, uh, you know, this, um, this, this, this new version of a, of a paladin extended range over the horizon. And, and now you're, you're jogging my memory in terms of, you know, regardless of the producer of, of said item. Uh, but I think I remember that thing just constantly, just always hearing about it. Oh, just wait till you see what you call it. We'll be shooting forty-five miles deep, and you know, just wait till you see we will be going over the the over the horizon with it. And I just you know remember that thing getting pushed, pushed out, and pushed out, and pushed out, and then you know canceled eventually. I the, I only have one thing that I can say to sort of hopefully round this out, which is what kind of dickhead takes a. A, a piece of serious military hardware and produces them one at a time in some sort of like artisan handbag factory in buttfuck nowhere, southern France. That is the stupidest thing I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I, you know, it, it's like putting a, a 50 cal technical in the back of a Lamborghini. We could probably hand hand produce some lamborghinis and um uh weld weld some 50 caliber guns to the back of it in in a similar fashion i'm pretty sure the ukrainians did that actually looks like a mercedes i mean i i discovered the hard way that if you try to mount a 50 cal to the back of a hilux the first time you fire it you shatter all of the glass so uh yeah technically you could do that but you might want to do something about the glass in the front it it uh it, it also rocks the suspension quite a bit. You, you got to end up counterbalancing the suspension quite a bit. I mean, I believe that, but I was way more concerned about these shots of flying glass. Um, I actually have to hop off right about now, y'all. So uh, I think I will leave y'all in the capable hands of Ben uh, for the remainder of the night. Um, so uh, been a wonderful discussion. It's been a pleasure to have all of y'all up here and. I will potentially see some of y'all tomorrow. So, peace. Thanks a lot, John. As the Chinese used to say, you're a hero of our times. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Thank John. You, Thank you, brother. Ben, could you elaborate? I, I don't, I'm not familiar with that reference. You're the hero of our times. 
Um, well, I don't know. I don't know how precise the translation is, uh, but this is in in all the the old Chinese uh, knight novels, uh, chivalry novels. That's what that's what they say. Your hero time or so such and such. Hawk oh, is such a fantastic warrior. He's the hero of our time. So yeah, there is a quick question. Um, we are being graced by, I want to call you, uh, yeah, Alona. I, I remembered. Uh, welcome. Um, be hello. nice with me. I'm hello, just, Ben. Hello. Quick. Can you hear me? Is my sound okay? We, yes, you're, you're coming, you're coming through a bit, uh, muffled, but otherwise, I can so hear you very well. The, the last time you were here, uh, you were followed by, uh, um, about half a million trolls. So if I disappear in the in the in the fighting that that follows, uh, you send my best to to my wife and children, and uh, see you on the other side. You know, I I get followed by half a million trolls every day. So to be honest, I can't even remember what happened here the last time I visited the the pseudo spaces. What, what what happened that day? Um. What happened? There was someone from Azerbaijan who went on a long tirade on Azerbaijan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the and, lady, right? Yes, and then, yeah. and then there was there there were people who were considering that some uh, British news agency that shall not be named nor discussed uh, was uh, the the best thing since sliced bread, and the other one considered them uh, a den of traitors. And the the conversation quickly devolved into a uh, charming exchange of names. With uh, the only positive was that I think I heard every single accent across the English world, which uh, is always always pleasant. So, but you had something to to share with us, Alana? Or maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. I can... just remembered. Yeah, I've just remembered what happened, and uh, I didn't realize that that was the yeah that was the last time. Um, I've been here because that was quite a while ago. Um, yeah, that British uh, news agency should not be named by um, any means. And it's definitely, it's certainly not um, mentioned in my Twitter bio, just for the record. Uh, since uh, since that happened, well, I don't even know if I should go in, in into, into this uh, subject again. But since that happened, they've also been, um, well, they've been publishing some news articles quoting directly the biggest, uh, the actual biggest Russian propaganda news agency that shall not be named either. And so since then, I've collected more evidence of them actually being extremely corrupt and uh, just quoting Russian propaganda without questioning anything at all. So, yeah, um, they've been um, and also since then, the, the one of the key people in the organization he um, he tweeted back at me, you know, and uh, he he wrote, uh, "This is my story," which I found very um, bizarre. Uh, I'm not sure what his well, and he, he he linked the article about Putin. I'm not sure what he meant exactly by um, by that tweet. I'll try to try to find it to retweet it in my in my account. But yeah, it's uh, you know, I've had an eventful couple of weeks since then, and. Um, I guess, yeah, I don't know what was the conversation here before I joined. So I don't want to like in, in, interrupt the, the flow. So what are the main news that I missed? We're talking about handbags. So I don't know if you'll... If you, if We're talking about, a, sorry, handbags. Handbags, yes. Handbags, what kind of handbags are you talking about? Luxury ones, French luxury, French luxury, luxury ones. Luxury handbags, I know everything about them. 
that's my that's my Russian lady impression that I do when I hear about handbags. Uh, but yeah, guys, sounds like you're bored. Like, what's going on? Why are you talking about handbags? What do you mean bored? It's extreme, extremely interesting. Not mentioning but twenty percent of the of the economy of my country. So you know, handbags oh, are cool. Oh, I'm sorry. What, what, where are you from? Um, a semi-large country on the on the western part of Europe. With okay. a silly nose. I think I get an idea. It reminded me of my friend who said she would like when she sees a handsome man, she says she, he looks like a luxury handbag. That's a compliment. You know, my, my friend Katie, Katie Raban, shout out to her. She's a very talented singer. Um, but yeah, um, I'm going to mute myself because someone has uh, raised their hand. Yeah, uh, it's a friend, Portland, who is himself an extremely good looking handbag. And then maybe Mikolai wants to share with us some good news from uh, Assume Poland. So, Portland, uh, do, do you have a lock or more of a, one of those strappy, uh, strappy things? Oh, well, you know, um, for me, it's Hermé or nothing. I, I, I will occasionally slum with Michael Kors, but, you know, really, it's, it's got to be Hermé. Um, no, we were complaining about French industrial manufacturing processes, and uh, I went on a long and fairly foul-mouthed tirade about um, about how Caesar is manufactured. And as an engineer, I am genuinely offended, and I feel like I have been personally insulted. You have not been personally insulted, but we can remedy this if you really want to. Oh, personally insulted by the nation of France, who thinks that it is a good idea to build um, really good artillery pieces one at a time without without setting up a production line. Seven years for an artillery piece? Get the fuck out of town. Yeah, but they're hand-polished. What do you think? How do you think you get this, this glimmer? Fuck, you know nothing about this. Having efficient weaponry, it's good for the Americans, and if the Ukrainians want it, fine. We want something that looks good and shines. Well, may- maybe Dom could answer this because he just came up here. But they don't uh, even look good I, compared to the archers. Dom, I I heard that the there's a well there's a new contract, but that the poles they're, they're going to do polonis polonization of it for their new crab program, but not not the crab, but the uh, they're they're buying. Um, it's a it's a U.S. product, but they're they're going to manufacture in Poland. It's 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 not a done deal yet, but that's uh, but they propose to do that. So I'm just the uh, you know Portland. Well, we can contrast these two methods: the the Polish method versus the French method. What what, what are the poles going to manufacture? I didn't hear of that. Other than the Korean British combination that is the crab. I, I, I think it was a HIMARS type system or variant because when they put that order in for 500, there was an additional news briefing that said uh, if they're going to pull it into their crab type, their their lobster program, uh, that there was going to need to be a high level of polonization with it. Uh, but they had proposed, uh, you know, that the, the apparently it was proposed that 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 many of the subcomponents are going to be built and manufactured in Poland. So I'm just like, well, let's see if they get that set up in eight months' time, you know, versus uh, we were, you know, Portland seven seven years for the uh, French Caesar order. Um, I I think they probably will. Um, I, to the best of my understanding, Poles only propose that whenever they have stuff that they actually know they can do already, or that they already have components that they know can be used for that, or very easily adapted, uh, as opposed to just in principle. Uh, but maybe Mikowai, 
who I think is Polish, uh, knows the details of it, actually. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, the thing is, with the crops, uh, there is a problem because uh, we are buying, you know, to, 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 that, that's what you someone said, that it's, uh, well, it's uh, things made from different pieces, from different, you know, places. So, uh, you know, the... the, the Everything is, you know, the idea is from Great Britain. Uh, some stuff is from Korea. And uh, uh, if I'm not wrong, Canon is uh, German. And the thing is, because uh, we want to, definitely we want to make uh, the, you know, the production much quicker right now. So the Polish uh, Minister of Def Defense uh, had a, you know, uh, journey to, to South Korea, and we don't know exactly what was they were, you know, what was going on because there there was you know talking about tanks and uh, some other stuff, but probably uh, they they was talking with the Koreans to uh, to make that what supposed to be done in Poland. But right now we don't have as much, uh, you know, uh, possibilities in, in in our factories. So probably uh, they was trying to, to decide to uh, make a contract for new, uh, I don't know, suspension or you know this this uh, this main stuff from Korea as a box, which will be sent to Poland and uh, it will be you know put everything in Poland, uh, you know, all electronic stuff, the gun, the uh, the barrel and all that stuff. So the, the turret as well. So uh, probably it will going to much quicker than, than uh, you know, than, than, than it was expected. But because right now we have, there are two different, you know, orders because the, 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 the Polish army order uh, the, the, the new crops and uh, we have this new uh, order for 56 crops if I'm not wrong from Ukraine so right now we don't have a cap capabilities to, to make everything in one time so uh, because um, unfortunately P Polish uh, military uh, industry uh, wasn't uh, you know efficient in the last 30 years and it was rather smaller and smaller, and so right now they, they they notice that you know we need to produce much more. So right now they're trying to open uh, you know some efficient uh, chains of uh, deliveries. So there is a chance that maybe next year these 56 uh, crops will be ready. But the thing is that. Uh, I heard that some uh, discussion, discussions of the Polish experts from the Polish uh, professional uh, press that maybe, uh, you know, the Polish crops will be sent up what we have right now in our army. But that would be, you know, that would mean that uh, the Polish army wouldn't have uh, our artillery. So, you know, we don't know exactly what, what what's going on and how 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 quick it's going to be, you know. And uh, the, when, honestly, excuse me. 
you, you, you missed the, the point that the, the question that Gerd was asking actually a little bit, but that's okay. It doesn't really matter. Um, I, I think the illustration with the crab, with the original crab, the howitzer, is that the Poles only wanted to use Polish components for the stuff they knew they already had. And that's why they got a South Korean chassis and a British direct and a French gun. And they only included um, Polish components, mm -hmm. things that Poland already produced and produced well. Uh, and they didn't try to overextend themselves from the start. Uh, uh, I don't think it's French uh, French gun. It's a German gun. Portland, Gurney, do you know? Uh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. It's def definitely German German gun, and uh, okay. this is from Korea, from K9 uh, Korean Howitz, and uh, the turret is British, but it's made in Poland because uh, Poland uh, bought whole techno te technological line uh, several years ago. So right now we have a uh, rights to to, to this. Uh, construction. And, um, Mick, can I ask a quick follow-up to that? It, what, it, it, am I missing the Polish? Is there a, a joke? It's called the crab, but I, I may, perhaps I'm missing it. I mean, it's competing with the likes of, of fierce animal names. Is, is there a reason it got named the crab? Uh, the crab is the crab. It's uh, the same uh, meaning what, like, in, like in English. So Maybe you can drive sideways. Very itchy for the enemy. <laughs> I don't, you know, the the, the Polish in, Pol, in Polish army or in Polish industry, there is uh, well some kind of rule that when you when you look at the uh, German uh, German uh, military uh, vehicles like uh, tanks, you have leopards. You have a puma. You have a you know white cats, uh, and uh, so similar in, in Poland. So uh, you know the, the Polish tank will be wilk. So uh, the, the program name wilk. So it means wolf. Uh, you have a uh, so the the the, the 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 other the, the other you know the. Uh, well, military vehicles, they have uh, this kind of names. So this kind of regularity in the in the names is, you know, easier for to, to sell it, I believe. <laughs> no, Mikolai, I appreciate that. I get that. I just, usually the names inspire uh, fear or, or something, you know, uh, uh, scary or powerful. And I, I thought I was missing a, a Polish joke about the crab, but uh, perhaps I, I didn't know. Well, Gurney... <laughs> Remember that the Soviet guns are called Carnation, Peony, etc. Uh, yeah, I thought that was just a cruel joke, though. The the, the thing is the uh, the, the Polish uh, version of maybe not version, but uh, because the Poland trying to make the the the, the own Hobbits, uh on the on the wheels, so it's, it will be similar to Caesar or. Uh, Czech or Slovakians uh, constructions, or the uh, Swedish uh, Swedish archer, and it's going to have a name. It's the the program is called name Krill. So uh, you know somehow the, the the these names are like the 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 you know from the sea life. So you know 
this kind of you know idea. I I don't know why, but it looks like that. Well, when when Portland gets uh, the the engineering together for the cab component plus the gun component, I'm I'm going to name the cab component pushing and the gun component daisies so that we can have a pushing daisy system. <laughs> Uh, the, 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 if I'm not wrong, the Slovakians have a, uh, their artillery has a, a girl's name. They have a Zuzana, they have a Bozena or something like that. So, uh, you know, every every country has their own idea how to name the uh, some specific kind of uh, equipment. Okay, I will I will finish because that that, that that's uh, all what I have to wanted to say for for now. So I think that it will it will take couple at least couple months to to take to get new new crops and uh, the, the same like with the Caesar the, the the thing is that even if they have a technological line I'm afraid that you know all these uh, you know productions you know especially with the uh, barrels it can it, it can takes a while so. I'm afraid, you know, the, the Ukrainians will wait for, 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 for new equipment. Have a nice day. Bye. Thanks a lot, Nimiolai. That was, that was quite enlightening. Uh, Lib, keep your... Hey, thanks, Ben. Uh, kudos to you, Ben. Um, Garni, Mikolaj. Um, I had a question. Okay, Lib, we, we, cannot, we cannot hear you anymore. Uh, Domin, you do know you don't have to raise your hand, right? Yeah, I do. Um, Walter, are you awake? That's basically my question, because um, I kind of want to get up the co-host. Um, Walter, has Walter been around since... When did he get you up, Ben, like half an hour ago? Uh, joined about an hour, um, yeah, over an hour ago, and oh. since then... Uh, I haven't heard from yeah. yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, no, let's, let's have August go ahead, and then I have a question for Portland about how gun barrels are made and why that's hard. Uh, but let's have August go ahead. Yeah, that um, description that Portland gave of the, gave of the French manufacturing uh, process was hysterical, and it reminded me of the German meme of the uh, with the snail with the single bullet on the, its back about how slow the Germans were getting equipment there. But in keeping with the theme of that, I was listening to Secretary Austin talk at the, you know, the monthly meeting about uh, the equipment deliveries and the weapons that the U.S. was sending. And he was saying that whenever a request comes in between one day and one week, it is sent. He just says, you know, the turnaround is just fantastic on the U.S. side. This was in response to um, a reporter asking about why it's so slow. And he was saying, you know, we got it. We're fast a day, a week. It's gone. So where is it failing in the supply chain? So, you know, is it taking a month once they put it on a boat or a plane? Is it taking a month? Is it, you know, my concern is, how fast is this stuff going to be able to get, you know, to the front lines with the soldiers that are running out of ammunition?